What's up everybody? This is the Betrayed, the Addicted, and the Expert. My name is Brandon and I am the Expert. And I'm Ashlyn and I was the Betrayed. And I'm Kobe, the Recovering Addict. What you're gonna get is three unique perspectives on recovery and tools for hope and healing. Okay, um, boom, your world just changed. It's, it's, uh, it's all blown up. They call it D-Day, right? My D-Day um, is actually on Monday, October 2nd. That's right. Monday, October 2nd. But who remembers, right? The Most of us definitely <laughs> remember. Only the <laughs> Right. So, and, and, and sometimes it comes out that way where it's a huge shocker. Um, you find a bunch of stuff where there's a big disclosure. Um, sometimes it's subtle over time and you know something's wrong and you know some things and you learn a little bit more over time. But what we're talking about today is when you decide to heal or when this D-Day happens or your life is changed forever, uh, what are the first steps to healing? And uh, just the first basics to get into recovery and heal. So um, I actually think it starts before um, the disclosure in a lot of ways, and especially for the the addicted. Uh, If there's anybody listening who um, hasn't talked to your wife yet, but you want to, um, there's ways that you can start the process that make it much better if you disclose in the right way. Because there so. is such a thing as, as um, uh, a, a worse or a horrific or just a straight up disclosure. Like it's possible that they could be a train wreck. Right. It's possible that it will be devastating, but done in a, in a way that's that's um, healthy and balanced. Right, right. So, and we could do, in fact, we need to do a full podcast on disclosure um, and, and how you do it. Just some basics um, uh, when you do do it. One is um, don't, uh, don't trickle it out. Um, be honest with everything. Um, don't blame, don't use denial. Um, do it in person. Look her in the not, eye. Not over text? No, yeah, believe it or not. Like, <laughs> really? Hey, your life has changed forever. Over text doesn't work oh. as well. And um, also be ready to feel some pain and um, be as shame resilient as you possibly can be and allow her to feel the pain that she's going to feel. And don't try to fix it. Don't try to stop it. And just so that in a nutshell, I'm quickly going through just a few pointers of what, what a good disclosure looks like. And like you said, Kobe, uh, a disclosure it can be can be bad or it can be horrible, um, mm. but it's almost always not almost always it always is painful, and so um, so just expect that expect that okay. What, what else besides it being painful? What else is a fair expectation for um, people to have when it comes to like okay I'm just gonna like get this out. Expect yourself to want to omit, to want to minimize, to want to soften the blow. If there's anything that you're thinking, um, I, I, gosh, I really don't want to tell her that thing. Um, so I'll tell her everything else but that. That's the very thing you really need to tell her. And so expect yourself to want to hold back. Um, another thing is to, and consulting with a CSAT, with a therapist who knows what they're doing, is really helpful. Um, you don't need to get into all the nitty-gritty details that are going to just traumatize her um, worse. But you do need to be willing to be 
honest with everything. I think having that point, like the, on that point with having a CSAT, I think is just a super, super key part of something that's really, really, I mean, I mean, this, this can really set the tone. Like, like a, a proper disclosure can set the tone for how recovery may look. Not always, it's not always a predictor of, but it can, it can really start um, on the, on the right path. And so I just, you know, you referenced talking to those guys out there who I, I think I want to tell my wife, it's like, okay, if you're thinking about that at all, and I thought about that for, for a super long time and, and didn't have the courage to do it. But the point is, is find a CSAT who can walk you through a proper one because it's, it's worth your 150, oh $300 to have one or two sessions to sit down with them beforehand and say, look, I have to disclose this thing to my spouse help me know how to do it in the best way, right? I like that. And so just so you, the listeners are aware, we had um, lots of disclosures along the way. They trickled out, mm-hmm. layered dis- disclosure. Um, the October 2nd that I talked about is when he told me all of it, right? Like this is really where we're at. And we were already started into recovery. And then we continued to have another uh, therapist um, like a therapy session where it was a full disclosure, right? Which I would never do without a therapist, right? Yes, and that is really helpful. I guess so. I guess it, you can be you can view it as, look, I've got this problem. Like if your spouse is entirely unaware that you have looked into porn or that you have an issue with acting out, like it's one thing to just say, okay, here's a topic on the on the table, but it's another thing to have um, a, a full disclosure with all the details. And, and so one is like, here's a topic. Another one's like, okay, this is, this is exactly what you need to know with the idea that this is only what you need to know and that's best done with someone who totally knows how to do it. All right, so I, I'm gonna totally gross you guys out. You ready? Okay. So I have this nasty mole on my back and it's changing colors and it's like totally weird and disgusting. So what would you recommend that I do? Go to a foot doctor. No, it's on my back. <laughs> I mean, should I should I go home and get a pair of scissors and just oh, cut the gosh. thing off? No, I, I probably start with like a razor blade. <laughs> so I should just, just get, get a razor, razor blade and gouge it out. Yeah, Sandy, yeah. shave it off. Exactly. Sandy, <laughs> just hold out with tweezers and exact one off the bottom. Right. I mean, I mean, the real, seriously, that's disgusting, and and I'll probably cause myself all kinds of trauma. messy problems and trauma, and so it it'd be wise of me to go to a doctor that knows how to how to take care of it and totally. remove it. Totally. Good example. Right? Yeah, good gross example, right? So so it's helpful. And, and if you don't have a professional close to you, there's a lot of online resources and online support and help that you can get. Uh, it's Educate yourself beforehand. And another thing, though, one thing I want to say is there's never going to be a perfect time. Um, you, you know, you could say, well, I'm going to wait until she she finishes school this year or until after she has the baby or you know there's never going to be a time when it's not going to be painful or after uh, we go to disneyland right and i'll tell you why in my experience is because either way you're connecting dots either before this big event or after when you find it's out still, it's still very painful right and, you can't avoid the pain and you can you can give yourself every reason in the book all the time to 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 not do it but you need to face it, and and there, that's the only way through it. It's scary. Mm-hmm. It, it's so scary, and and I can even still out driving here today. I thought about just even disclosing, like um, when I disclosed like a relapse, and I was, you know, um, on a business trip, and how scary that was. Wow. 
like just saying well, I relapsed last night and I'm like I'm literally in and it was over phone like we weren't on even the phone and I, I still remember exactly where those I was were the it was days. just like oh yeah and and so those were good hard. times huh Ashley? yeah super good times yeah. and and yet at the same time considering um, the idea of being caught in the first affair and then disclosing the second affair it's a it's a super traumatic thing so if if in, let this be kind of like I'm speaking to to the betrayed if 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 in any way it's difficult for you to disclose a relapse to begin with or to even admit you have a problem trust me when I say then you're going to want to use the help of someone who is specialized you're speaking to, to the addicted I'm right? say, did I say the betrayed yeah sorry I'm speaking to the addicted you're if it's in any way scary for you to disclose to your partner then trust me when I say you're going to want to have the help of someone like Brandon who is a CSAT who can walk you through the proper way of doing it and it is going to be worth it right and it was worth it for us because it wasn't just like a one-off disclosure but it also set some boundaries as to what what to do after the disclosure yeah. right and, and that's a super huge right. thing right to how much right. like you said details aren't going to serve anybody right yeah so you know if you don't have access to a csat we get we get emails and things saying what do i do like you always talk about a csat and you know do, do the best you can. Maybe maybe you have um, a Kobe in your area, right? That's awesome. Like this guy in recovery who knows knows about it. He's been he's experienced it, but he doesn't have the CSAT letters behind his name. Go talk to that guy. Um, talk to a friend who maybe has botched it and did a horrible <laughs> job. And and like what do you do different? Yeah, well, what would you do different? And then and then go ahead and and do it and disclose. Now, like I said earlier. Dis- disclosure or a husband coming to his wife and saying, hey, I need to tell you something, that's usually actually not even how it all comes out or goes. Um, usually what happens is there's discord in the marriage, uh, there's issues, there's things going on, and she starts searching and looking for things, and she opens up this door and finds a lot more than she expected. And, um, and then she's 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 kind of holding on to this knowledge that she has and wait waiting for him to own up to it or like trying to trick him into owning up to it and um uh, the reason i'm saying this is recovery doesn't always start with a perfect let me sit down and disclose this to you and then we can move forward and um, usually it's a lot uglier and kind of trickier than that um but let's let's do this you guys let's break it out into um, his, hers, and ours recovery. Okay, so let's talk first about. Um, we can talk first about the betrayed or the the addicted. I let's don't go, care. Let's talk about the betrayed. Let's yeah. talk first about the betrayed. Then we'll talk about the addicted, and then we'll talk about as a couple. What are your first steps t- that you do toward healing? Okay, so for the betrayed, um, Ashlyn, what in your experience, what was really helpful at first? What wasn't so helpful? Uh, and it's hard because I. I only have my experience to right. go on, but so you can be the other version. But it was really helpful for me to get into group mm-hmm. because I immediately, it wasn't a 12 step, it was actual, um, you know, we did a little bit of processing in there. Uh, but it was women who, at, in the beginning, I absolutely thought, I don't belong here. Uh-huh. They have it much worse than me, or they feel a lot different than me. And by week three, I was like, okay. We all hurt the same. I don't stop right. care, comparing. The pain trauma. is sim- similar. <laughs> yeah. 
And so for me, that was huge. Like I'm not alone because I was alone for 14 years. That's that's beyond huge. That's so everything. That was yeah. my own choice to be that alone. Right. I, um, the second thing is to be educated. Mm-hmm. I educated myself. Uh, I started to learn what the heck betrayal trauma was, and um, I learned about addiction. And mm-hmm. so it gave me a lot of empathy into what Kobe had been dealing with and what he currently was dealing with. Yep. And like the future of, okay, how, what does this look like in seven years for us? What does that do? When, when Ash was going to group, and I can remember, it was, it was like I could remember seeing huge steps of progress in Ashlyn every time she came home from group. Mm-hmm. Just learning about betrayal trauma. And, and then the, the shame group that she did was just beyond that. But, but what, is that, what does that education about betrayal trauma and about addiction do for the betrayed when they um, can actually get their hands on that and, and get it, their head wrapped around it? I think this, this is a good question. I'm going to answer it right now. But first I want to say, um, Ashlyn, you're, you're awesome. You know your stuff. You know, like this is your own experience, but you just nailed um, probably the two most important things for the betrayed to do when they start the healing process. And that is come out of isolation and get connection, right? Yeah. Um, and then educate yourself. And so on to your question now, Kobe, what does educating yourself do? Um, it provides, it, it empowers, it gives hope. When you start to educate, you realize when, when you're just stuck in the, in the emotion, in the pain of it, it can get to a pretty dark place. When you start to learn, you start to realize other people have been through this, um, you can heal from it. Um, and, and, and there's, there's steps and there's ways to heal from this and, and you can put words to it and identify it. It gives you a chance to say, okay, I know now how to move forward. And there is light here at the end of this tunnel. And so it's, it's so important to go get educated. And I have to say, I've had people tell me, I don't want to start recovery because I've been told that once you start, it's overwhelming to know, oh my gosh, this is with me forever like I have to kind of work this all the time right and be an active recovery it does it's not a destination that I'm just gonna like made it right Right. and I think it's the opposite of like what you're saying it's isn't it overwhelming not to know right yeah and just depressing and the education really did help me to know like this really is a thing this isn't a like you're not supposed to do this thing it's like no there's science behind it right Right, and and the science though, speak to that. What that did for you, in in and how you viewed me, because I, I think maybe this is the this is the question that you probably asked yourself, and I'm sure a lot of of the betrayed ask is, why do you keep on going back to it? Yeah, like Go why can't you just her? stop? Why can't, why can't, can't I trade away all those things? Um, right. It helped me to have that understanding that it wouldn't just go away. Um, you couldn't get through it by white knuckling and being on your own and it just it gave me a ton of empathy into what you were dealing with and 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 the weird thing is it's that whole i love you i hate you but that empathy was like it's heartbreaking yeah because there's a neural pathway that i learned from a young age that developed that stopped all of a sudden ashlyn you're not we're talking about sexual betrayal right right? i should have been like taking it personally <laughs> yeah. yeah but but when you got educated you didn't take it so personally the victim right? mode wasn't as, as right. strong <laughs> right absolutely you know so we got this uh, you know we got google 
you can go to Google and type in betrayal trauma or addiction and you can find a lot of really good information if you go Google this stuff. And, um, but you can also find a lot of other information. And so how do you know what's, what's real, what's right, what's true, what's not? I mean, it's just like anything on the internet. You can find, you know, you, you can find plenty of stuff on the internet that would say to the betrayed, like, get over it. Get over it. This is how men are. You're the one to blame, right? Yeah. Um, you know, you, like Dr. Laura, you could check out her. <laughs> I like Dr. Laura in a lot of ways, but she kind of, she has that attitude. And, and, and how do you know what is good education? So for me, I'm my own experience, I remember being told in group and by other women who were ahead of me, two steps ahead, right? They would say, read this book. It's so good. Uh-huh. And so I'd buy the book, I'd start reading it and feel awful. Like I'm triggered page after page and I'm thinking, this isn't helping me. And I remember telling my therapist, Amy, I was, my friends all told me to read this book, but it's, I just feel like I'm going backwards. And she's like, then throw the book away. (laughs) And I was like, what? Right. (laughs) It was kind of mind blowing to me because my personality is like, I just paid for this. I'm not throwing it away. But also I need to finish what I started. And I didn't. I threw away a bunch of books like a month ago that right. were betrayal stuff. Right. That I, were not helpful. I've seen women stop reading books. I've seen them quit their groups they're going to because they, they got honest with themselves. And, and we're saying going to group is a good thing. Right. Don't be, you know, don't isolate yourself. But some of those groups, there's not truth I quit in there. a group. You're right. It was a 12-step group where I felt absolutely no connection and I felt like an outsider. Right. And then I went to this other group, like, it's super opposite. And I felt welcomed and loved and supported. So you felt truth there. You felt love. You felt support, right? And so that's, for for the betrayed, I just want to say, listen to your your intuition and trust your gut because you'll know what truth is. And and so go searching for it. And if you're searching for that, you'll find it. Um, But but also, like, notice how you feel. If you go to some groups and it's just like, this is just icky like they're victiming out all the time I don't feel better I want to just rip my husband's head off every time I see him after I go to this group maybe go get educated and get support somewhere else right right? so okay so education support another thing that I I, that is really important for the betrayed is um, self-care and self-compassion because in that time of betrayal you'll start start internalizing things and blaming yourself and wondering if you're enough and the shame can set in. And it's really important for, for a couple of reasons self-care is. One is that you have the, your, your emotional bucket is full, so to speak. Um, you're taking care, you're getting as much sleep as you can. You're exercising, you're eating well, you're, you're doing your spirituality so that you can deal with life because you got a lot of hard stuff that you're dealing with. The other thing is proving to yourself that you are important, that you are enough, and that you have that self-compassion. You need that right then. So that's what I did. I already had the fitness and nutrition down, and that's actually what saved me, I feel like. It's like it was already in place. It was already in place. Which is awesome. And it's something I was already using. Um, but the shame, that part was a huge turning point for me mm-hmm. because I didn't feel enough. And I was super confident right. and, and a confident person, but that doesn't mean I felt enough in my own marriage. Right, right. And, and, and it's, it's really important 
when betrayal happens is that you can surrender over your your husband as your source for self-worth and find it independently of him and and to say look he can be acting out he can be doing this or that i am okay as a daughter of god i'm okay i can take care of myself i love myself regardless and self-care is the thing that kind of shows how much you really do love yourself so yeah absolutely and my love my secondary love language changed after that shame group it was words of affirmation and after that i was like yeah yeah, see, there that. you go. You don't need it from Kobe, right? I don't need it from anyone. There you go, yeah. Awesome. There you go. <laughs> Love it, Ashlyn. Good stuff. Okay, so re- uh, I'm going to repeat this really quick. And you guys, these are just some of the things, but they're like the, the basics. So um, uh, get out of isolation. Um, I'm forgetting the second one. Education. Education and self-care, okay? Love it. All right, so let's let's shift over to the addicted, Okay. Um, you're finally to that place where it's like, okay, I'm done. I'm ready to work recovery. You might be 16 years old. You might be 65. Um, But it's time to get to work and it's time to get into recovery. You're ready to overcome this addiction. Okay, so Kobe, where do you start? I mean, I started with with finding someone who is specialized because, again, we'd been through three therapists before, um, before we actually found a specialized therapist. And, I, and, and in truth, we didn't even know that it was a thing, specialized totally. therapy. Mm-hmm. Like we were just like used to and cool with the idea of just therapy itself. But first off, I found someone who was specialized. Okay. Hands down, made all the difference. And, and this is why, this is why I say that. Because you want to, if you've got a blown ACL, you want to go to an orthopedic, you don't want to go to a family doctor. But for me, what a specialized therapist provided for me with safety because I'm like, I'm not going to say a thing. And I remember thinking this when I walked in for the first time, I'm not going to say anything here that they've never heard before. Right. So I'm like, I'm, I'm okay You're with good. that. Yeah. Right. I was totally willing to be vulnerable and right. totally willing to be open because it's like, dude, they're not, nothing I'm going to say is news. Right. Right. It's so good. that was, that was a really important one. Again, find specialized help because you're going to be safe. Right. Okay. That's good. So, and, and when you say specialized help, specialized therapy, also specialized support, right? That you, you want to find people around you who have been in recovery and understand what it is. Yeah, like Ashton said, like someone who's two steps ahead. So finding like a, cr- a, a, right a, a sponsor. proper sponsor. Because I had a, a, a friend who was my quote unquote sponsor and Ashton was like, that's complete rubbish. Like, <laughs> I know what you guys talk about and it's nothing anything to do with recovery. Right. It was like, hey, how's it going today? Yeah, I had a crap day. Well, okay. me too. Right. Let's yeah. talk about football. So exactly, it was like <laughs> on to the next thing, and, and so there, so there wasn't there wasn't um, he wasn't two steps ahead, and that's what you get when you find someone who was you know where you are. And that brought a ton of safety to me, knowing that he really was checking in every night and still mm-hmm. does with someone who was two steps ahead. Right. Totally. Right. Absolutely. And the cool part about it was too, I was actually I was attending twelve step while I was getting specialized help doing individual and group processing. But by virtue of going to a specialized therapy clinic, I was actually going through the 12 steps. And as much as I wasn't doing them in the traditional manner, in the way that they're outlined in 12 step. But it was a really good experience for me to go and to listen, to to be okay with being uncomfortable, right? right? In those kinds of settings. Mm -hmm. And um, and, and realizing that, um, but, well, just realizing that that was another place of, of help, but I also found my, my sponsor there 
And um, and that was a huge thing. Was okay. I found my sponsor at a 12-step group, and he was for sure two steps ahead. And he was very specific. And I'll say this. This was actually a really good thing for me. I didn't realize the kind of sponsor I was getting. But he was like, okay, I want you to outline like what your bottom lines are. I want mm-hmm. you to outline where you have historically fallen into relapse. I want you to talk to me about what you're doing on the daily to, to be in a good place. And so... See, he's um, mentoring you. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Yep. He's setting up your... I call it recovery capital with mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. But but let's put a word to this because this is important. For an addict, if you want to start recovery, then you, you stop trying to do it on your own and you get accountability. Mm. You cannot do this on your own. Yeah. So one of your first steps out of addiction is to set up accountability and to get support. Right? And I would say accountability, I mean, that was, just to be super clear, I ran from that like crazy all my life, especially when it came to, um, be, especially when it came to recovery and addiction because I was, it was a source of huge shame. Like being able to say I failed again, mm-hmm. here it is once again. Here it is once again. Like the repeated disclosure to Ashlyn, I just felt like they were just like rocks that were stacked on top of my head. And, and what I realized was is that real recovery was more about helping me understand the thought process and their and the subsequent path that I took that led to a relapse or that led to me not executing on my dailies or led to me not keeping my bottom lines than it was about you failed. So if you're in a if you're in a partnership with a sponsor who only talks about failures and and doesn't explore what led to them then you've got to find a new sponsor. Yeah, I like that advice. That's good. Um, so, what I'm hearing you say is you needed you needed self acceptance, right? And you needed you needed mindfulness um, to 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 explore. Okay, what is why am I doing what I'm doing? I accept my mistakes, learn from them, but also be mindful of what are my paths that I I go to to relapse. How do I get there? Right? What's the thought process? What What's you the didn't, thought that leads what to you that? What you didn't need and what would have undermined your recovery right then mm-hmm. was a mindset of perfectionism, shame, um, you're bad, why do you keep failing? Yeah. You did, that's, not, that's not the accountability that you needed. Totally. Right? That would, yeah, yeah, that definitely was not. And, and so I leaned into what was, um, what was uncomfortable, but I also accepted the fact that like real accountability in, in my mind is, is simply that. Let's just help you identify the things that, that we want you to do, the, the habitual way of living, but also the, the supreme level of boundaries to keep you safe. Right. Let's, let's, let's use those as points to account for each day. And when those things don't take place, let's identify why and what the thought was that kept you from those. Because ultimately, if you can be habitual in the way that you live and you can be supremely boundaried and safe, then you'll understand your own thought process that leads there and you'll understand the thought process process that might hijack you from that place okay kobe so you're you're doing a really good job of of explaining this (laughs) but well what you're describing is you know recovery is a lifestyle change and and you get into recovery and if you keep doing what you've always been doing then you're going to keep relapsing Mm -hmm. you're going to keep going through that addiction cycle over and over again Um, when you get into recovery you learn this recovery capital right and then you develop a system that works for you and you do it over and over and over again. And so so get some um, tools. Mm-hmm. You need some tools in place. And you can you can you can get these from sponsors, from therapists, 
um, from books, but you, you can learn tools to prevent relapse that are really helpful. And relapse prevention isn't recovery. It's not, it's not the end-all, be-all of it all. But getting sober at the beginning of the recovery process is really important. Mm-hmm. And so bottom lines, um, you know, go check out our podcast on relapse prevention tools. Yeah. We have a bunch of recovery capital in that podcast that you can start to implement at the early stages and then sure. turn them into habit. And that's so important, that repetition over time, because over I, and over because again. Because what I really want is... Is, is not just a habit. I want the way of living that will foster um, sustainable change. Right. Because because changing changing my character, changing my traits, changing my 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 qualities of character, changing the way that I think, will all change my desires and my feelings, which all specifically build my actions, which lead you know so which Co- get my cor- my course Kobe, of life. Kobe, you're you're. Uh... It's interesting as I'm listening to you talk because um, I meet with guys all week long and sometimes it's like they come into my office and I don't even have to do any work. They're they're ready to create their recovery. Mm-hmm. They're like, I'm here, like Brandon just, and I just can give them little tiny things and they run with it and they love recovery That's and it's the, the greatest the thing best ever, part. right? And, and if you're listening to this hoping that, how do I get there? It's like just... Just own it and just embrace it because that to me was the what you just described was the best part of recovery for me. Right, right. The best part. Right, but Kobe, listen. Um, this and this is the tricky thing, is we're saying the first steps to recovery, and and uh, you know, your therapist could have said, hey, Kobe, go dress up in a bear suit and run around the mall like some <laughs> rat, and you would have been like, hey, that's what I'm doing. It. That's it. Right. Do and, you think so? And. I don't know. Probably. But here's the thing. Maybe. It, th- that would have been good for you in your recovery. Yeah. Do you know why? Vulnerability. Shame. Not because so you're in a bear suit running around the mall. Right? You're okay. Because I was willing. I was humble. That's it. You're motivated. And so the first step in recovery is to answer the question, what is your why? What are you creating here? And if your why is, I'm doing this to prove myself to somebody else, I'm doing this because I hate myself. I'm doing this because I, I don't, don't want my wife on my back anymore. I don't want yeah. to save my marriage. But if your why is, I want to go create the life that I really want. That's um, that's the key right there. I mean, yeah. if that's your goal, then gonna, of course it's like, heck yes, I'm going to do this. And it's going to happen, right? And, and and I want guys who are listening to what to what both of you just said and in, 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 in saying, wait, if you want to create the life that you really want, I want you to remember that it's possible for you to do that. And Spike is the only one who will keep you from doing that. But you also, the reason why I know you can create the life that you want is because you've just created the life that you don't want. Right. So the power to create is yours. You have to no, combat no with the exact opposites, right? Like everything you guys just described is the opposite of what you were as an addict. Right. But here's, here's the hard part of pulling out of that is believing that you actually can. Mm-hmm. Right, oh, yeah. because at, at, a, at a young age, if you have created this uh, like this life of shame and addiction mm-hmm. and all those things, to actually shift in belief about self, to say mm-hmm. I can go create love, I can go create openness and honesty and all of those things, mm-hmm. then like when it comes down to hey you you need to do your dailies every day or it's like oh that's easy like I because I want to do that because I'm gonna go create that. But it's hard to do it if you don't if you don't believe that you can. I don't think that I did believe that I could. What I did believe that I could do, though, 
was have four very simple uh, dailies to execute against and have like three or four bottom lines to keep. I knew that that every day I could wake up and just focus on those things. You could so, do it today. So, could do so, so simple. So I let go of, in fact, I don't even remember a time when I thought I'm going to do this because I love myself. That Because I know I didn't love myself. I know I didn't love myself. Right. And I knew that I wasn't worthy of good things. Looking back, that's who I was. That's not who I am now. But the way I was able to let go of the, the self-loathing that existed was I was so focused. I was so mentally focused on those few things to do and those few boundaries to keep. That, 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 that nothing, that, that, that the other stuff just came as a byproduct of just being super consistent over time. Right. So, okay. So, so what I just described is, is a little bit different. It is, is, in fact, flip-flop from what you just described. But that was, that was just me. But if you're thinking, I'm not worthy of this, then just say, I'm going to be focused today on just a few things that I need to do and a few boundaries. But, but, the, but that's what starts to shift that. Indeed. To I am. That and that's, it's exactly the same thing right. I was saying about self-care with the betrayed. You're exactly It's right. like, okay, I'm committed to myself. And, and so I'm going to start. And are self-care stuff. I mean, a lot of that is. Oh, like, that, that's, what, that's what addicts. that is. Yeah. But it starts to shift from I'm a piece of crap addict who can't do anything right to, you know what, I'm building a little bit of mastery here. Like I have these habits every day that I'm, I'm working. It feels good. I can do this. Mm-hmm. There's hope. There's progress. And it starts to change your view of you, right? Yeah. And then it starts to change your motivation in your recovery Indeed. from shame to love, right? Mm-hmm. So... Um, all right, so I want to I want to pull it back a little bit, okay? So for the addicted, um, get accountability and support, right? Specialized, um, specialized, yep. Um, create some recovery capital and tools for relapse prevention, right? Mm-hmm. Check out your motivation, your your why's, mm-hmm. why are you doing this? Are you exhausted from this? Are you just to- so over the whole process of living a lie, or are you just saying, you know, I just want my wife to get off my back? Right, and, and don't waste your time in work recovery, with quotation marks, um, out from a place of, of fear and shame, because it won't work. Never. Um, right, so check your motivation out. Um, and then, and then in, a, in a roundabout way, we've mentioned you need your dailies and your habits and yeah. to create those dailies and those habits. That's the only way you become a new yeah. you. That's the only way I became a new me. Yeah. So come out of hiding, get connected, and love yourself and work on yourself. Quite simple, right? Oh, totally. totally. Yeah, piece of cake. So, all right, so let's let's finish off talking about our recovery, okay? So at the mm-hmm. beginning stages, um, what in the world does the relationship do, okay? Um, this, is, this is really kind of, it's tricky. And, um, and there's a lot of unhealthy responses, both from the betrayed and from the addicted in the early parts of the recovery process. And uh, we could spend episodes on, on what those are, right? But let's, let's talk about what works. So at the beginning, well, for you guys, what worked at the beginning stages with you guys as a couple? Um, I, I thought it was helpful when we would come home from our different groups and share what we were like, oh, I really loved this, and this really spoke to me. Okay. And we would share. It gave him a little glimpse into who I was becoming and embracing and vice versa, I think. That helped. Um, I think Ashton. I think this is this is really really good, but I think it's a little ways down the road in the in the process. Really? We started from the beginning. I'm talking. No, I'm talking about like a week or two down the road after discovery. So oh, not oh. in therapy yet. 
Yeah. So what I'm saying is, um, you know, it's the second day after disclosure happened. It's different because we were in therapy. That's good. So you're ready to talk about like what's going on. Um, Sometimes you're not ready to talk about what's going on. Sometimes the betrayed is just angry or upset and needs space. Well, we did that. When we had disclosure, he moved to the basement that same day. Well, okay. And we had an in-house separation. And that's all I'm saying. Okay. Is, is at first, the first thing that the couple usually needs is some space. Yeah. Space. Um, start, that safety start in with the bedroom, the space. number one, is where I felt like the betrayed needed. Yeah. And, and, and you need, both of you need time to feel, feel the pain. And so, um, it's, you know, if you try to come together and, you know, fix it with sex or or fix it by fighting it out with anger and uh, you know it you just need space to go process and feel where things are at and feel where things are at so we both journaled during that time as well excellent on our own yeah and i think mine's probably in the garbage because it probably was terrible but <laughs> i got okay. those feelings right. out you know it right. wasn't one to pass down but i think sure. one of the one of the the great things that ashland did though brennan it was when she said we're going to have an in-home separation because it just wasn't doable for us to, have, to to be separated as far as like our living living quarters, she said, "I don't know how long this is going to be." There was no time frame to it, and I think that was really wise because it really impressed upon me the seriousness of what Ashlyn was was doing. But she also said, "I don't know if I'm going to stay with you." Do you remember saying that? Because you mm-hmm. did, and, um, and and that was important for me to to be able to do exactly what you just said, which is I need to sit in what's really uncomfortable, right. which is my current circumstance. And to be clear, we were in therapy at that point, and so we did have guidance through that separation. Which I know a really lot of helpful. therapies say, you, therapists say you need to have a plan. We didn't go into it with a plan, but we got right. help. Yeah. Right, right. And, and there's such thing as therapeutic separations, and they can be set up. It was really therapeutic, helpful. actually. Yeah. yeah, it was great. Yeah. It, was super, it was super key because, again, I'm from the addict's perspective, I'm not used to sitting in what's uncomfortable. It's like whatever I need to do to get out of trouble and to get out of being uncomfortable, I'm super good at doing those things. Well, I and was. I was super codependent, right. and so it was hard for me to be away. You know, it helped me to like push past a lot of that. My oh. gosh, I don't need to sit and yes, rely on him. Okay, so this is this leads to the next thing, which is um, it, separate yourselves from each other's individual recoveries. Yeah. So, and this is this is tricky, and I'm not saying. Um, their recovery doesn't affect you and it's not important. And, but what I am saying is um, your spouse is not your sponsor. Um, your spouse isn't your primary accountability support person in working through lust. Right, Kobe? Completely. Um, and we have a full episode on that. Yeah, we do, actually. Yeah. yeah. So, And it's not being codependent. It's not being so... Because, because what happens, the natural re- reaction response with a couple mm-hmm. is boom, this bomb's been dropped and there's a lot of fear. And so they, they attach in, they, they attach through this fear and they create more fear in the relationship. And the healthy thing to do is actually face the bomb, detach, and then both of you go work on yourself so that you can reattach in love. Right. That was so us. That was so us. And I can't even describe how combative our couples therapy sessions were with a therapist just before we went to Addo and and how how um, rich our experience was recovering separately. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh my god. Yeah. There's just there's just no way to to really quantify. We're honestly we're just starting couples therapy. It's a yeah. little a little late in the game, but we're three year, a little over three years in and right. just starting. Well, and I don't think I mean you can different therapists have different philosophies on this they say look we're not even going to do couples therapy for the first three years mm-hmm. right and then other therapists are say, say no, we're going to meet together every single week yeah and um my take on it is i i kind of gauge where they're at in their individual recoveries mm-hmm. and i don't put a should on it i don't say okay it should be in two years we're gonna ha- or in two weeks or whatever if we can meet and check in you know, once a month as a couple, and then you guys do your individual work the rest of the month, let's do it that way. Those. But but definitely when we meet as a couple, what we're not going to do is is have one or the other of you tell me how the other person needs to work their recovery, and we're just going to focus on their recovery, right? Completely. Focus on your own individual recoveries, and then it's really helpful for a couple at the beginning stages, I believe, to go to a, a therapy session but the therapy session isn't about intimacy. It's not about connection. It's not even really about communication. Um, it's about the, the logistics of how the recovery process is going to work oh, in your relationship. So great. Talk about setting right. really key expectations. I thought yeah. that was just a super key yeah. thing because we knew. It just we knew. And and we also had our um, disclosure like six weeks in. Okay, which yeah. Was a couples therapy session as well. So we only had like maybe three in right. the beginning. So. Okay, and, and just our way. And mm-hmm. and does every couple need a, a formal disclosure? The answer to that is no. Um, a lot of couples do, and that is totally and one hundred percent up to the betrayed. The the disclosure is for her, and so one of the first steps can be working toward a healthy full disclosure um, toward healing. Okay, question here with that. Mm-hmm. If you're just beginning and you haven't done the disclosure, you want to do it with the therapist, a full, how long is like way too long to wait? If you're just beginning, is there like a time frame that's it's best done uh-huh. towards the beginning or? Uh-huh. That is, uh, that, that's a lot trickier question okay. than you think. Um, you can wait way too long and it gets really triggering for the betrayed and, um, but you also, to, to it can do be a disc- very triggering for the for the addicted as for well. For the addicted as well, because and the they, they have a lot of shame just, and just rises and builds. Absolutely, and so there is it's a timing thing where both people need to be healthy enough mm-hmm. and have safety plans in place and support systems and and um, go through the disclosure with the therapist to make sure they're not coming across in denial and and, and so I'd say on average um, when I do a disclosure. Um, between the time where we decide to do the disclosure and the disclosure is done, it's probably about a month to six okay. weeks. Okay. Yeah. So, so that's on average, I would say. Okay. So, um, okay. So we're kind of getting off on all kinds of topics. Sorry. But I, but um, I think that's, I think this is like super key stuff. Again, it, let, let's, let's, let's summarize as far as, as a, as a couple, mm-hmm. right? What, what that looks like. What are the key components of just, just starting as a couple, um, don't don't um, tell yourself what you should and shouldn't feel when when the pain happens when the fear for the addict and the shame for the addict happens at disclosure and when the pain of betrayal happens allow yourself to feel so that's step number one next um, separate your individual recoveries from each other and create a, a recovery capital and a recovery plan independent of the other person 
pay. Um, get specialized help. That goes throughout all of this. And that's right? specific, especially for the betrayed. And when you're finding a specialized therapist, they might even be a CSEP, but they might not have much experience or any experience in working with someone who has betrayal trauma. So I think it's important that the betrayed ask specifically and find the going to who knows going to a therapist that specializes in couples counseling only right at the moment of of discovery or the beginnings of recovery um, can actually do damage and and not be helpful um, when when attachment is, is pushed too early on in the in the process yeah. so so yeah so get specialized help um, and then and th- this is just the very beginnings um, but then then as you as you go along and Ashton you mentioned checking in about group and I like that um, you got to start once you're educated about what recovery is then you got to start attempting vulnerability again slowly into the relationship and Ashton was so good and at that she was so good at that early in recovery to share takeaways every time she came home and it was safe but it was also like it was like we were working our separate recoveries like you had outlined but it was like we were separately but collectively working towards like one end and we didn't realize it but it was like i was like we really didn't know if we were going to be uh, together in the end and maybe that was helpful and maybe it wasn't but we really were just like we're in this for you know right for myself right but as i but as she as you shared like as you would come home and we sit on the couch and the girls were asleep and and it, you would open your book or you would take notes or show me diagrams as you did. It was like those were the moments where I really felt you got to see hope. Yeah. I got to see you being vulnerable or you would share something that, that I had yeah. done that was but but I, But I want to say, and, and this as the couple, you know, the early stages, that vulnerability can, it, it can take, it can be step by step. And so you, you don't have to jump right into, hey, let's have really emotional, spiritual um, talks right at the beginning. It can maybe, be like, this is my takeaway from group. Yeah, maybe the or f- therapy. Maybe after the first month, it's like, okay, now now you can hug me like oh. twice a week. I wonder if we even did that. You know, um, <laughs> you know, or or na- we share it in different. You ways. know what? Let's sit down and try to have a real emotional talk once a week right now, or let's pray together twice a week that's what Honestly, I can do it was vulnerable for us both to say we didn't like going to group in the beginning because that was like I don't want to be there and I don't feel comfortable there but I'm going to still keep going both of us felt that way see so you connected no. on something yes I, I think I, I, I remember us no 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 that's not true that way. That's totally I'm true. telling I'm telling Amy that you hated her group that's what I'm telling <laughs> yeah, her I was in her group too but I love Amy Amy it, I love you it, you know how it is because and, and just for by, by way of like it's the fine new. print it's really scary to say, okay, here are the five other guys that you're going to be with for the foreseeable months, and you're going to be vulnerable with them and tell them yeah. the deepest, darkest secrets. From going from that realization zero to is like sixty, oh really, right? Like that was right. that that was really uncomfortable. Yeah, could it be disliked by me? It probably was, but we but, got over it. But it very right. quickly, and that's 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 why a specialized therapist with this is so key because that specialized therapist can help lead, right. and guide, and bind. The group right. together. Kobe, you're a great commercial for me. I appreciate it. Just keep it coming. It's because you so. do do that. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's because we believe in it, honestly. Right. I, there's no way I would tell people to do it. People get annoyed that we keep saying it. But I'm like, it, we saw the difference. It's, right. It's a oh, huge man. difference. Right. And, and, and the, the reality is, is, is if you want recovery, um, you have that choice. You can go get it. And if, you're, if your spouse doesn't want it, they might not go get it, but you still mm-hmm. can and um, 
and if you get careful, you guys, because if you listen to the podcast long enough, <laughs> if you get too educated, then you'll know too much, and you'll be held accountable to you. You can choose recovery. I, I think and, it's fair to say too that that we love and appreciate everybody who's listening, and for those of you who are sharing, and those of you who are just engaged, we love this and we appreciate it. And we hope, and we've started, the three of us started this, like, let's just do some good. On an ironing board. <laughs> yeah, on an ironing board with a snowball mic, and, mm-hmm. n- you know, now we're here. But um, I want to be really clear, having been in your shoes, is that a podcast cannot substitute for sitting down with someone like Brandon, who is a specialized therapist who can treat you. There's, there's no substitute for that. This right. can build, this can lift, which is exactly what we wanted to do. Amen. But it's not a substitute for. Absolutely. See, the commercial doesn't end. I love it. <laughs> this is a paid uh, under-the-table advertisement from Brandon to Kobe. No. Just kidding, it's not. No. <laughs> Anyways, um, I hope that you guys, I hope you walk away with, with something that can give you an action step. I hope you can walk away with hope. Can I add um, a little? Yeah. A little? It's what I was talking to you guys about before. I just, I feel... It can be overwhelming when you're in this very new spot of, I, this is so new to us, and wait, how far are you into it? And it's going to take this long, and it's going to cost this much, and wait, I have to do all these things every single day for, that's overwhelming. Yes. And the way I look at it, like Kobe and I, are, we're only three years in, but my heck, we are people who we wanted to be 14 years ago when we got married. Right. But we weren't, we weren't held accountable, we weren't educated, we had no support. And so we did nothing. We, we didn't take care of ourselves in, inside or out, and now we do. Right. So it's kind of a thank you for like making us do these things Seriously. that we wanted to do and just didn't. So it's, it's overwhelming. You're, you're saying it's overwhelming, but really it's a blessing. It's like, it's like awesome. this way of living is absolutely easier. No and question. I know that sounds crazy in the beginning, but it is. It's easier, but it's more rich, fulfilling, in, 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 in fulfilling joy. and connecting. It is. It is a richer life. Yeah. Than here. And are, do we still have struggles? Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Hence the, th- the the couples therapy. But, but enjoy but the rich. enjoy the the road. Enjoy the yeah. process along the way. Absolutely. Totally worth it. So yeah. All right, you guys. That's it. Thanks, guys, for being here. And uh, we'll see you again. If you've enjoyed any part of this, please click share. There's a lot of good things that are shared um, on this podcast. And you can share this um, in a private message, Ashlyn. Isn't that right? Yeah. In a Facebook message. You can share this if you don't want to do it publicly on your own Facebook page. But the more people that know about this, and you never know who those people that need it, the more people know, the more people we can help. Thanks, guys. See ya.